Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Lee from Being a Psychic Medium. And I'm back with episode seven. Now, I did post another episode seven, but I took that down because I didn't like the direction it went. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel good to me. So I did a different angle on episode seven, the original one. And I decided to focus more on narcissists, to put it bluntly, narcissists, energy vampires, parasites. And this leads beautifully out of the whole Barbara episode, my sister-in-law, because she is one of these things. But she's not the only one that I've ever encountered in my life. I, in fact, have a lot of narcissists around me. Life isn't easy when you're like me, surrounded by narcissists. Or surrounded by flying monkeys or enablers and whatever terminology modern-day psychology likes to use. I don't care. It's not easy for people like me. So I'm just going to kind of give you my perspective on how I see narcissists, the different kinds of narcissists, what it all means. And then I'm going to give you some examples of dreams and visions that I've had regarding this topic. Now, let's first of all talk about the kind of narcissists I think there are. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. This is just the way I see it and how I feel about it. To me, there's three types of general narcissists. There's your regular, grandiose, overt narcissists. There's your victim-y, covert narcissists. And then there's your malignant when at all cost narcissists. I speak from experience on all of these. I know people in my life that are these types of narcissists. So I kind of pull from my own wellspring of knowledge here. So to me, a regular grandiose narcissist is someone who is your standard self-absorbed narc. They are completely inward-focused. That is, until they need something from you. That's just my papers. I wrote this all down. The world does revolve around them. They are, in fact, the center of the universe. They are the sun. They don't even acknowledge your existence until they need something. They literally do not care about you. It's not out of malignancy. They just don't care about your existence. Except their own. They just don't care. They are the superstars. They are the kings and queens. They are the jocks, the head cheerleaders, the presidents of the world, the center of the universe. Yes, 
This is how they see themselves, as gods and goddesses. It's been my experience that they're often spoiled, golden children, coddled by their parents and everyone around them. Placed in bubble wrap like a Fabergé egg, too innocent and lovely for the world. Their inflated selves is all they need. They are blinded by their super awesomeness. You get it, right? They have a very intact ego. To me, they are not really damaged in any way at all. They are self-contained ego units. They are not covert or malignant. They have no reason to be. They've gotten everything they've ever wanted in life, always. Horseshoe up the butt kind of stuff. For them to do the kinds of things that coverts and malignant narcissists do, it's too much effort for them. They don't care enough to do that. It's just my papers. Pardon the noise. So... Covert narcissists. To me, these are the energy parasites, the vampires, full of fake empathy coming out the yin yang. These are your wounded birds. They feel justified in their abuse of you because somebody hurt them, maybe you, maybe you looked at them the wrong way at some point in time. They are very nosy. Very needy, clingy, jealous, competitive, and very judgmental. They believe themselves to be saint-like. Altruism usually follows closely behind them. Punishment is a must because you have to learn that they're right and you're wrong, and they are it and you are not. To me, this is where sociopaths come from. I speak from experience on this. I believe my sister-in-law is a sociopath. She has that inherent creepiness about her that most people talk about with sociopaths. It's like that they don't know how to emotionally react and behave. It's almost like a stalking behavior. They start showing up everywhere in your life, physically and energetically in your dreams and visions. They try to replace themselves with you. They don't like themselves so much that they try to slough themselves off and replace that discarded part of themselves with you. And all of a sudden, people treat you like you're them. And then they are you. I've always had this feeling of someone trying to replace me. And that would be her. In other words, they turn the tables on you. They project their energy onto you and steal yours. If you're an empath or higher energy person, they've got their eyes on you. They don't bother with low energy people. This takes a lot of energy to do. These people are like moths to a flame. The brighter you shine, the more you attract.
They infest your energetic field. They hook onto and attach themselves to you and anyone around you, drawing energy and affecting people's personalities and minds. If you give them an opening, they will take it. They will ruin your life and they will poison other people's minds. That's basically what I'm dealing with right now. I'm trying to get an energy parasite out of my energetic field, and it's slowly working. But let me tell you, there is pushback. They try to scare you and coerce you into stopping what you're doing. But I won't be threatened, not this time. And then we work our way to malignant narcissists. Now, I have an aunt in my family who is a malignant narc. These people are cold. No empathy. They don't even fake it. They don't even try to act like they have it. There's no affectation. Sorry, I always have a problem with that word. They're just cold. They openly despise and hate. Love. They hate love. They hate you. They hate love. They derive a great deal of joy from others' pain. They like it. They like to kill and destroy anything and everything they can get their hands on. If you cross them at all, they basically want you dead. There is no appeasing them. If you think you're appeasing them, you're not. They're out for blood. They're out to destroy. They will literally squeeze every last ounce of life out of you and stand there and laugh and take pictures while you die. I think this is where psychopaths come from. Taking your stuff physical stuff, money, and the like, is nothing other than a form of joy to them. They don't do it because they need it. They do it because they want to see you suffer. They're not trying to fill a hole in their lives like the covert narcissist. They want to make you afraid. They want to dominate you and destroy you. It's the name of their game. There's no creepy vibe with them. Because they have no neediness or patheticness about them. They are stone cold. Everything is intentional and calculated. Any emotion, in quotations, is calculated. The ends justify the means, the means justify the ends with these individuals. Now, I want to get into some of the visions and dreams I've had. Now, I have told you all about how I've seen people 
who I know are narcs, who are energy vampires, appear as said these semi-transparent large worms with gray skin and human faces kind of squirming and slithering down a hallway. There was two of them that I saw. It was a male and a female. And they have these ribbon tethers behind them with balloons and people's faces on the balloons. I also had a dream where I was walking through a cornfield and all the corn had these little gray worms on them with human faces and they were all varying sizes. Some of them were as large as the corn leaves. It was disgusting. And then the next part of the dream, I was sitting off on a blanket off the side of the cornfield and there was a guy there and he was picking these parasites off of me. And then the next part of the vision we were walking through the cornfield and the same guy was telling me all about the parasites, the different sizes, why they have human faces. He wanted to get a sample of some of them. He wanted the biggest one, but they were kind of disgusting. Picture a worm with a flat human face on it and gray. It was disgusting. Another dream I had, I was on a colonial ship. I felt as though I was a slave or a servant girl of some kind. I could see dead people on the deck. There was a lot of dead people. They were covered with blankets. I don't know what had happened, but there was a lot of dead people. And then all of a sudden I was below deck and there was a lot of confusion screaming, just people running around like madness. There was this huge gray worm going down, up and down the hallways. It was the size of the width of the hallways with a human face on it. And there were people following this worm because that was the safest place to be because the halls were so tight it couldn't turn around. And I remember trying to sneak up on the group of people that were following, trying to not be seen, trying to stay in the darkness. And I passed through this dining area or kitchen, and I could see the worm crossing the hallway I was in, and then continuing to go straight. And I kind of stopped, and I thought I would just go and hide. So I found this room and I shut the door behind me and there was this dresser with a huge mirror on it.
I'm sorry, I just got interrupted there. I could see my image in the mirror of this dresser. I appeared to be a girl, a young girl, maybe in my late teens, early 20s. with an olive or tan skin and like a dark brown hair. But I was definitely a servant girl or a slave girl. I was hiding beside the dresser, in between the dresser and something else. I was scared. I thought I was going to die. I probably did die. And then the door opened. And I looked to my right. And this really bright light, like someone had a spotlight on me. And then I woke up. That was just my mother. I had to pause it. She likes to interrupt at very inopportune times. But that's an, another dream slash flashback I've had of these uh, gray worm parasites. It's at this time I'd like to mention a vision I had about six days ago. And I don't know if this resonates with anyone. Someone wants me to say something. By someone, I mean my higher guidance. I had a dream, very specific, and I've had dreams about this location before, but I didn't get any names about the location. I didn't know where it was, but I got names this time. This place was called Lake Addison or Addison Lake. There was someone, I believe it was a guy, who had an older model Ford Ranger who looked kind of beat up, but the truck ran pretty well. And there was a lot of ferries. You had to take ferries, like the boats, to cross these little lakes. And this person had already crossed from a bigger location, like a city, over to this location. And then he had to go to Addison Lake to take another ferry. There was also a Victorian house. And there was two males in the house. I think one was a brother and one was a friend of the brother or a spouse of the brother. And this Victorian house was almost like a Queen Anne style with the kind of rounded rooms, the half rounded rooms in them. Someone just wanted me to mention that. Because apparently it has some significance. But that was about six days ago. This past Tuesday, I believe, I had that. I was Googling Addison Lake. And I'm like, yeah, there was a ferry. There was like a boat, the ferry boats. And you had to use the ferry boats to get to these locations. And that's definitely the name of the place. And there was a, a Ford Ranger pickup truck. And there was this and there was that. So if that resonates with you, 
I guess that message was for you. But on that note, I'll leave it there. And um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. Sorry, it's run about 20 minutes, but I had that interruption. So I will talk to you later and bye for now.